Good Tuesday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and welcome to the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us live in our studio in the Macklin Building on Market Street in downtown Charlottesville, a city that we adore. We adore it so much, we've named one of our businesses I Love Seville. And the moniker for the business is representative of Central Virginia in totality. And Central Virginia in totality is this very intimate 300,000 person market um, that is intimate, that is, that is small town and feel, that is charming, but it's cosmopolitan in culture, in cuisine, and, and, and thought and perspective. One thing we try to do here on the I Love Seville show is just be the water cooler of percolating local ideas. And on yesterday's program, we talked how TikTok in particular was eroding the morality of the youth of today and, and, and potentially the, the young professionals of tomorrow. We talked how cell phones and social media and internet access and, and ubiquitous communication and connection, while on paper it may seem promising and full of potential, the collateral damage after, say, 20 years of data seems to be pretty damning. Um, and that collateral damage is heads in screens instead of connecting with humans face-to-face. I can't tell you how many times I walk around um, areas, and I do it on a daily basis, um, in, in, in the squash area, the tennis area, the pickleball area, the athletic area, and I see youth just head down on screens to the point where they're bumping into each other. We saw in the fall of this past year how cell phones and smartphones really created a viral problem for a football uh, player on the junior varsity football team at Almoral High School with an alleged sexual assault that spread like wildfire from, from not just Almoral's locker room, but from hallway and cafeteria and middle school and high school, public and private, all over central Virginia. It really spread on cell phones and smartphones and social media. So here's the thesis of today. And the thesis of today's show is um, in part to a link shared yesterday by Sarah Hill Buchensky, lives in Crozet. She's a realtor. Her husband's a uh, loan officer. Um, have a lot of respect for her. She's a mom. Um, she and her family athletically involved. Um, her husband, Michael, friend of the program. She's friend of the program. He's a coach. Um, so they're active um, on the front lines in sports and in school locally here in Almarle and in Central Virginia. The link she shared, the parents saying no to smartphones, the source, the free press, you can find this online, the headline is the parents saying no to smartphones and the source is the free press. There's some incredible data in this article that I want to highlight. Data highlighting the impact of social media for 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, preteens, teenagers, and youth. Um, it's pretty scary when Silicon Valley Valley's brightest minds, as the article highlights, including Bill Gates, famously keep smartphones away from their own children. Steve Jobs limited screen time for his kids altogether. And it took COVID-19, this pandemic, for Americans, everyday Americans, you and me and viewers and listeners, Judah, for us to start truly realizing the impact of screen time. I don't think it was truly till screen time and COVID-19 that we started saying, oh my God, it's making us antisocial, it's keeping us in the house, and it's causing body images, self-confidence, self-esteem problems. So here's the thesis of the show. How is this truly impacting today's kids and teens? I want to unpack this from a TikTok standpoint, social media, internet, cell phone, and should we go the way of what this article is saying, a dumb phone. And a dumb phone 
is a phone that cannot connect to the internet that is strictly used to phone and text mom and dad and some friends. Let's go to Judah Wickhauer on a two-shot. Um, this one hits close to me, J-Dubs, and I've mentioned this to you before, including yesterday afternoon, because we have two boys, a five-year-old and the six-month-old, and mm-hmm. sometimes as mom and dads, we just want to reprieve. Yeah. And I, I try to characterize the YouTube or an iPad or, or, or um, one of the learning apps of how they can consume our son, our five-year-old's time, his attention, yeah. which would give us a breather. It legitimately, in some cases, can give us minimum a 15 or 20-minute respite. In some cases, it can be an hour or more respite. And for someone who hasn't slept much, or someone like my wife, who's this incredible rock star with the two boys all the time, having 15 minutes or an hour and change break, to put it in perspective, is like, it's how you survive your day, right? Yeah. It's how you make it through your day. Sure. Because like a stay-at-home mom in particular, she talks about this a lot. Wake up is six, bedtime is nine. And there's very little breaks in between. Yeah. Question is, is the damage it's causing. You had some valuable perspective I wanted to unpack. Why don't you start with some of the ideas you talked about yesterday? Well, I think this, uh, I think this feeds right off of what you're saying. Like, I, I totally get wanting a, wanting a respite from, uh, from a, you know, a wild, energetic, uh, you know, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old. But whatever happened to like going outside? <clears throat> I mean, I know that uh, I know that not everybody lives in a neighborhood where they feel comfortable doing that. But what happened that made what what happened that made our neighborhoods so let's say scary places? I mean, great question. Like <clears throat> I, where I live, there's not there's not a lot of traffic. It's not moving very quickly because yeah, you have a great neighborhood. And, uh, Safe. You got a I, playground, don't you? Not really. There's a there's a park. You, you ever see anybody there? Mostly just people with their dogs. I. Why don't we start, th- viewers and listeners? What happened to playing outside? How about this? We'll take it a step further. What happened to playing outside without parents watching you? Yeah. As I have vivid memories vivid memories as young as first grade my brother in kindergarten he's younger than me Mm -hmm. damn near close to irish twins my brother and i vivid memories of us playing outside first grade in kindergarten in the yard without with my parents inside the house yeah does that happen anymore i mean that's what i was going to bring up i you know there are kids at the other end of the of my uh my area, there's uh, a kid two doors down. There's yep. a kid five doors down. The, uh, the little girl that lives two doors down, she's outside, outside sometimes with their parents. The kid at the, at the end, I never see him outside. Like, I almost don't believe he exists, but I've seen him. Kid's got to be like, uh, kid's got to be about your age, your uh, Trey's age. Uh, but I don't see him outside. Like, you know, you've got a whole neighborhood, I would think, to run around in. Uh, I think there are, I think there might be some, some swing sets, but they had one, the one in the, uh, in the park they took down. But still, you know, I, when I was a kid, I was crossing the street to go to the park. I was digging through dumpsters. I mean, I was doing all kinds of stuff. Okay, so, so that's maybe the first thing we want to highlight. Lisa Costello, hello, she's a mom. MJ Arquette, she's watching. Um, she's a mom. She's the queen of marketing. Lisa Cusselow, the queen of Cherry Avenue. Um, Deep Throat. See, Deep Throat makes a good point on Twitter. You leave your kids outside in the front yard and you stay inside in your house as a parent. Deep Throat says, today you do that, you're arrested. Really? I mean, in some circumstances, that may be neglect. He's exactly right. I had this conversation with my dad. When I was growing, I've had one cavity my entire life. 
That cavity I got when I was like nine or 10. When I went to Dr. Morris's office in Williamsburg, Virginia, I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia in a neighborhood called Kingsmill. Dr. Morris in McClaw Circle. He was a VMI educated dentist. I wouldn't say he had gentle hands. Let me just say that. He did not have gentle hands, okay? Did not, did not. My dad wanted to show me a lesson. Remember, this is the same dad who taught me a lesson on the welcome back dance. When I showed up to the welcome back dance with my girlfriend at the time, her name was Kelly. I was hammered, was denied entry at the dance. My dad ended up picking me up at my buddy's house, passed out. She was there, dropped her off at two in the morning, made me bang on the door at two in the morning, wake up her family. Her mother comes to the door in the robe, made me apologize at two in the morning for being up, hammered, 17, with their daughter, banned from the dance, then wakes me up the next morning at 5 a.m. to chop and stack wood. That night, before I woke up, when I got home, shoved two peanut butter sandwiches down my throat, to either sober me up or watch me puke it up. Still don't know what it is. Hard-nosed guy. Talk about the hard-nosed dentist. My dad, a hard-nosed guy as well. I get the cavity, second or third grade. He says, I'm going to show you a lesson. This is the lesson he said. You're going to get the filling and the cavity done without Novocaine. That's just cruelty. Okay, so here's the question. You can do that then... Second or third grade, the cavity filled without Novocaine. Can you do that today? Follow-up question to that, and you jump in. I can't in. believe the dentist would even go along with that. VMI-educated dentist wouldn't go along with the hard-nosed father trying to teach the son the lesson about cavities and brushing teeth. I mean, all the stars aligned right there. Never had a cavity again. I learned my effing lesson. Never, I've never had a cavity again. My son had four cavities we found out three days ago. You know how much it costs to fill four cavities for a five-year-old? How much do you think it costs to fill four cavities for a five-year-old? Viewers and listeners, how much do you think it costs to fill four cavities in Charlottesville, Virginia for a five-year-old? I Seriously, I want you to just throw out a number. Four cavities for a five-year-old, how much do you think it costs? A thousand dollars. You say a thousand? Kevin Yancey, how much does it cost... Four cavities for a five-year-old. MJ Arquette, four cavities for a five-year-old. Albert Graves, Juan Sarmiento, deep throat, four cavities. Lisa Custolo, four cavities. John Blair, four cavities for a five-year-old. How much do you think it costs? You say how much? I said a thousand. I honestly don't know. Kevin Yancey says two K. Thirty-nine hundred dollars. Damn. That's insane. Thirty-nine hundred dollars. Think about that. And, and those your teeth kid, aren't even going to be around and the it's rest baby of his te- life. It's baby teeth. But as a parent, you're demoralized because your kid has cavities and somehow you let them down because you didn't force or enforce or methodically watch them brush their teeth every night and morning. So you have a sense of guilt. I and then you also, as a dad, as the sole bread earner of the family be like 4K is a lot of money. I think you can still get cavities even if you brush your teeth. Of course. But the chances are diminished. Are they not? Probably. They're diminished. They're diminished. So here's the point. Here's, we got a little off track. Here's the point. The no Novocaine was my dad teaching me a lesson on the first cavity. Would that be allowed in 2023? Probably not. I, My I, mom and dad I'm saying... I'm that a dentist would ever go along with that, no matter what the year was. There's my point. In 2023, no dad would be able to persuade a dentist to allow their 8- or 9-year-old son to get a cavity filled with no Novocaine. In 2023, could a mom and dad who have two young kids <laughs> say to their young kids, their boys... Leave us, dear God, alone. Get in the front yard. You're driving us crazy. You're causing friction for us as a couple. 
please take that crazy energy and take it outside the house. We want to stay inside the house and drink a cold beer in the air condition while you're playing in the front yard and we're not watching you. Can you do that in 2023? I honestly Probably don't not. know. But, but that's kind Probably of, not. That's kind of different. Like kicking your kid out of the house because they're annoying you is a little bit different than just letting your kid, you know, do It's the same thing. thing. Okay. The parent asking the kid or the kids, plural, to go to the front yard to play is as much about the kids playing as it is the parents needing to get away from the kids because the kids are annoying as AF or because they just need a break. I mean, parents, am I right? Does that mean parents, am I right? Can I get a hallelujah? Does that mean kids aren't allowed to walk to friends' houses? That's another question. There's another question. In 2023, is a child allowed to walk unsupervised to a friend's house? So here's the question Judah Wickhauer asked, and it was a great question. In 2023, are moms and dads saying, my child, I want to be safe, so I'm just going to give them a tablet or my own phone, sitting them down in a sofa in our house, and let them scroll without supervision on social media or YouTube or the internet. Is that safer a scenario than letting your son or daughter or sons or daughters play outside in the front yard unsupervised? That is a great question. What is it? I'll stop talking. What is a safer scenario for parents? Moms and dads, this is for you. What is a safer scenario? You telling your kids or your kid to stay inside and scroll unsupervised on the internet, YouTube, or social media on a tablet, or go in the front yard unsupervised and play outside. I mean... That's an entire show right there. I got to say that I think... I would think that uh, letting your kids play outside is safer than... The stuff that's on the uh, the stuff that's on the internet. And but why I- don't we do it? Why do we instead prefer? And my wife and I fall victim of this. Granted, our son's five. Five's a little young to play unsupervised outside. Maybe seven's a little. You played five. Five year old unsupervised outside. We left Santa Barbara when I was six. Before we left Santa Barbara, I was regularly running around the neighborhood going across the street to the to the park unsupervised at five outside yeah wow all the time and then we got to los angeles and i was even farther afield i mean i was going to uh the 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 youngest memory i have is first grade so i was i was 10 and 4 so that's 9 and 3 um 8 and 2 i was 7 uh, that's the youngest memory unsupervised. My brother was in kindergarten, so he was even younger. He was six. I know for certain my mom felt there was power in numbers or safety in numbers if my brother and I stuck together. And she felt safer with us being together, which I can understand that as well. Here's the thesis of what we're asking. Why do parents feel safer with their kid scrolling unsupervised on a tablet inside a home? than playing outside unsupervised in the front yard. Because that's what's happening. And the collateral damage of that is what? Self-esteem issues, body issues. The collateral damage is secrets from parents. The collateral damage is a lack of empathy and human connection. The collateral damage is, frankly, awkward kids. The collateral damage is... uh, is not getting, I mean, not, not immunized isn't the right word, but when your kid, kids are supposed to play out in the dirt and get, you know, stick things in their mouths and, and all of that builds up like a natural, I, I think we wonder why so many kids are having, uh, are having problems with, um, with, uh, you know, um, 
going out in the pollen and stuff like that. Being going allergic, out in the pollen? Being allergic to things. Oh, okay. Being excessively allergic to, to things. You're, okay, no, no, and, that's a legitimate point. You're saying people are staying inside, and because they're staying inside, allergies are impacting them more because they're inside more. That makes perfect sense. 100% agree with you. You're Same thing with sickness. Natural, yeah. Same thing with sickness. Have you noticed all the kids? Dude, my six-month-old, our six-month-old has been sick his entire life. Five-year-old, our five-year-old is sick every other day. How many moms and dads watching this program are like, Jesus, our kids cannot get healthy? Whether it's a lingering or persistent cough or cold or something, they're constantly sick. What do you think it's a byproduct of? Two and a half, two years and change of quarantining and wearing masks. For two years and change, we limited exposure to germs. And now we've uncapped the valve and said, go live. And kids are surprisingly more sick now than they've ever been. We caused that. We caused that. I'm going to unpack the article. The article Sarah Hill Buchensky shared, Jen Ferriello shared. It's called The Parents Saying No to Smartphones. It's, it's the free press is the media outlet. Um, Bill Gates limited what his kids could do on smartphones. Steve Jobs kept his kids off screen time altogether. So much of C-suite in Silicon Valley does not allow their kids on phones. There's a new phone. It's called, it's by Gab Wireless. It's a dumb phone. It's $150. It's aimed at children age 5 to 15, and it's loaded only with the essentials, Judah. Texting, calling, and a GPS tracker for parents. They call them dumb phones. Nice. No apps. No social media. Dumb phones. Still has a touch screen, still looks like it. It's called dumb phones. Jeff sends me a uh, text message. I won't use his last name. I, I respect him and appreciate his anonymity. But Jeff says, my son came home from UVA for Christmas break, positive for strep, the flu, and mono. Oh, yeah. How he took exams is still a mystery. <laughs> we took today's kids... And for two years, we kept them away from germs in quarantine and put them in front of screens. Yeah. We masked them, and we told them to stay inside. And now they're sick, and we're surprised. Yeah. Right? My five-year-old is constantly sick. Over half his life was spent in quarantine or masked. And we're surprised. I mean, part of being a kid is getting sick because you're around a bunch of kids that are all getting sick and passing it around. I get that. I get that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I understand. Lisa Costello, that's fair. Judah disagreed as well. She disagreed with what my dad did with the uh, Novocaine and the cavity. I wouldn't do it to my sons. Yeah, that's just... I wouldn't do it to my sons. But it was a different mentality... The mentality of... Your dad had a different mentality than a lot of people. It, it, wasn't, it was not silo to my dad. It was not silo to really? my dad. It was the generation of let them fall off the stoop to learn a lesson of don't get too close to the edge of the stoop. It's, he did that. I have scars on my knees from falling off the stoop when I was a kid. He said, don't get too close to the edge. He moved me back said, don't get close, too close to the edge of the stoop. It was a three-stair stoop, like a normal stoop outside the front door of a house. Don't get too close to an edge. Move me back. Said he did it three or four times. Got close to the edge. Fell off the stoop. I literally still have a scar. I never fell off the stoop after doing that. Okay. No BS. The same thing happened with the stove. How many moms and dads watching this program have children that constantly want to interfere in the kitchen when you are cooking something and the stove is on? How many moms and dads watching this program say, get out of the kitchen when the stove is on? Get out of the kitchen when the stove is on. Get out of the kitchen when the stove is on. It's effing hot. Get out of the kitchen. Till you scream and lose your temper. 
and the next day or the day after that, you're in the same predicament. He did the cliche. Both of us, brother and I, touch the stove, burn out, never were in the kitchen again. Had one cavity. Does it lack empathy? Sure. Well, strange that we're... Uh, that's kind but does of, it teach a lesson? Yes. Strange that that's kind of what I was getting at. Uh, losing empathy in our kids. Uh, of course. And so I feel we're coming around full circle in that regard, except uh, a little bit different. Uh, your dad is a special case, definitely. I, I, it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. And I wouldn't do it again. And I don't think you can even utilize these tactics in 2023. Are today's parents softer? Mm, I don't think so. I, we don't spank our kids. My brother and I got spanked. Yeah, I got spanked. I got the wooden spoon. Or the, I got the uh, wooden spoon. The shoe or the... Uh, I got the shoe. The belt. I, I got the belt. And if we really well, stepped sure out of line, did. Poppy Gomez... Belt with the buckle. Now that's, again... That's Papi Gomez, my Cuban grandfather. Belt with the buckle. You really step out of line. That, that's messed up. you got to know that, right? Fine line. It's a fine line. We don't do any of it. I, I literally have this... I literally am asking the moms and dads watching this, this show. When we were... I I'm I'm, was born in 1981... When were you born? 75. He was five years old, running around the neighborhood, unsupervised. I legitimately remember being six years old, running around the neighborhood, unsupervised, with my five-year-old kindergarten brother. I was in first grade. Legitimately, I remember walking up and down the street. Yeah, I've of got our neighborhood. two younger sisters. Yeah. They were off doing their own thing in Los Angeles. I was off, uh, you know, making my way to the comic book store, the hobby store. You were going to the comic book store at five? No, this is Los Angeles, so it would have been... You were walking down South Central, Los Angeles? We were were not in South Central. We were in Northridge. Uh, By the time I was going to the... I think think a friend got me into comics when I was 10. So I was 10, 11 years old when I was going to the comic store, but... But eight, nine years old, I was going to the, going to the um, friendly local game store. I was going to the hobby shop, getting my, uh, my GoBot figures. And uh, we'd get some surgical tubing to make, uh, to make squirt guns for, for summer. Ride our bike in the other direction to the, uh, the Northridge Mall. I mean, I was all over the place. This was Los Angeles in uh, the early 80s. Lee Alberson, I'll get to that comment on LinkedIn and John Blair shortly. I'm going to get to comments. And t- Look, comments. It's uh, on my, I, my Apple Watch. It's 103. Please set a timer for 90 seconds. One minute and 30 seconds. Counting down. Okay. 90 seconds. I'm going to read those comments. Get your comments in. Now I'm going to read them in 80 seconds when this buzzes. Parents are scared of outside. Seems that way. Parents are scared of outside, maybe because of traffic or strangers or kidnappers or just the unknown. And parents instead think that outside is scarier and more dangerous than telling your kid to park their behind on the sofa with their tablet and get on the internet and scroll aimlessly without protection. And Judah and I are saying perhaps that's even more dangerous than playing outside. We're talking about this Gab phone. A father of six from Utah created this company, and this company... Gab Wireless has already raised $42 million in funding. It's a phone that is only for texting, calling, and has a GPS tracker. No apps. And it's going, it's gaining popularity. 
And frankly, I'm inclined to utilize it, my wife and I, for our son. Now, my timer's going off, so I'm going to get to the comments that are coming in. First, I'm going to go to my personal Facebook page. Kevin Yancey says this in Waynesboro. As a parent, you have to set the boundaries. My 11-year-old has a smartphone with no social media. She gets one hour a day screen time on the phone. Kevin, I applaud you for that. Yeah. Nora Gaffney says, Jerry, I'm your father's age, and I never did what your father did, nor did my friends. My mom got the belt. She never hit me. Judah, my son, was born in 75 also. Kiddos need to be outside. They need to ride their bikes. I ride agree bikes. with that. They need to get hurt. They need to experience They things. need to get dirty. They need to get their hands into things and see bugs and flowers and just, you know, all the, the stuff that uh, just isn't the same looking at. I mean, you know, there's some amazing things to, to see that, you never, that I never would have seen uh, if I hadn't found them on the Internet. But, uh, but at the same time, seeing the, the wildlife and the flora and the fauna um, in your own, you know, in your own backyard, your own front yard, your own uh, neighborhood, there's just there's something about it. You know, it's a learning experience, and uh, I I wonder um, what we end up trading for our children's physical safety by keeping them inside and handing them iPhones and iPads. I, it's a great question. It's a great question. Carly, we were the same. Carly Wagner says, we were told to go play in the woods and don't come inside until it was dark. We ran around the neighborhood in woods, rode bikes all over. I was one of six kids in Northern Virginia. I grew up in Williamsburg in this neighborhood called Kingsmill. And I swear, middle school, we were riding our bikes from the neighborhood all over Colonial Williamsburg, like 20 to 25 miles away from our house. Yeah. Legitimately. Without helmets on, yeah, riding our bikes. Dude, not only were we riding, helmet was. Dude, not only were we in middle school riding our bicycles twenty miles away from our houses, but we were doing it without helmets, without cell phones, and without communicating or connecting with our parents the entire day. Yeah. Now, moms and dads. If they don't connect with their sons or daughters every hour or every short period of time, red flags and alarm bells are flown and sound, sounded. Is that a helicopter parent byproduct? Why, when Jude and I growing up, could we leave the house at 8.30 or 8 in the morning on an 18-speed Huffy? You had nicer bikes than I did. And mine was an 18-speed Huffy purchased at Kmart at the time. And Kmart, when I was a kid growing up, was the hot spot to buy bikes. That's when Kmart was the spot, dude. Kmart used to be so cool. Kmart used to have Little Caesars pizza parlors inside them. And you could go into Kmart, you could buy an 18-speed Huffy, you could buy a nice Wilson leather basketball, you could get a head tennis racket you could get a franklin baseball glove you can get some adidas soccer cleats you can get a nike baseball cap and then you could walk away with some crazy bread and a rectangular pizza is anyone only at kmart ladies and gentlemen that everything jerry got at kmart is has to do with sports I played a lot of sports. I still play a lot of sports. Only at Kmart can you get a rectangular pizza and some crazy bread and a boatload of athletic equipment. 18-speed Huffy, I think at the time, was like $60. We got one big gift every birthday and one big gift every Christmas, and that's it. But I was able to ride an 18-speed Huffy when I was in middle school in the early 90s at 8.30 in the morning 20 miles away from my house, not touch base with my parents until dinner time. When I came back at 6 p.m., I rode the Huffy on roads that didn't have sidewalks with cars going 45 miles an hour by me without a helmet on. And there was never any problem. Well, 
And today, if you allow your middle school kid to ride an 18-speed Huffy 20 miles away from your house without a cell phone next to roads with cars going 45 miles an hour and you don't touch base or connect with your kid until dinner time, 12, 8, 10 hours the next later, you go to jail. That's got to be fake. I, you go I to jail for I neglect. I don't believe that. Dude, viewers and listeners, if you let your 10-year-old or your 11-year-old kid in Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023, if you let your 11-year-old kid take an 18-speed bike at 8.30 in the morning and say, don't come back till 6 p.m. at night, you don't need a phone and don't connect with me and you don't need a helmet and I don't care what road you ride on. You don't think those parents would go to jail? I find it hard to believe. Will those parents go to jail? Attorneys? Anyone? You don't think those parents would go to jail? I, I can't imagine that they would, but I could be, I'm, I could be entirely wrong. I honestly don't have any measure of this. But Albert Graves, it sounds, insane, it sounds insane to me. Albert Graves, thank you, says, uh, our family's one hour of daily screen time is the I Love Seville show. Oh, man. Thank you, Albert Graves. Do you, do you honestly think a kid could leave today at 8.30 in the morning and not come back till 6 p.m. at night and ride a bicycle all over Charlottesville next to Rhodes without a helmet on and those parents of that kid not have child protective services called on them? CPS would be on that family like white on rice. But having child protective services called on you is very different from going to jail. Phil, Sarah Hill Buchensky is watching the show right now. Sarah Hill Buchensky, the article you shared yesterday from the Free Press has really got me thinking and has been the foundation for today's show. She's got an article, Sarah Hill Buchensky, on her Facebook page that literally is the foundation for the program. Carly Wagner says they would, someone would call CPS or your kids would be taken away. She says you can get your kids taken away from you for leaving them in a running car when you run into 7-Eleven to buy something for 10 minutes and the car is running. I mean... It's the wussification maybe, of... Maybe, maybe all... It's maybe. the wussification of parenthood. It's the wussification of parenthood, dude. It's the wussification of parenthood. Parenthood. What Early 90s, a kid, me could have one cavity and a dad could convince a dentist to fill that kid's cavity, he was nine, without Novocaine. And the dentist would do it in the early 90s to teach the kid a lesson that would never happen now. That you could never ride your bike now. Your dad should have gone to jail for that. That's that should not, not, Jerry, that should not have happened in, in the 90s or in any decade. I could, okay, let me tell you this. For you to wave your finger and say, my dad should go to jail, that's wrong. The first person that should go to jail for that would be the professional that did the work. They, not the dad that persuaded the professional that he's paying the licensed professional whose credentials are on the line. That's the person you should be waving the finger to. Not the dad. I would wave my finger at both okay. of them. Because not I the dad. Both fairly equally guilty of uh, some pretty There's heinous behavior. dozens of people on the feed saying their parents did similar things. I literally have made legitimate cases of in the early 90s, parents being able to persuade a VMI-educated dentist to fill their nine-year-old's cavity without Novocaine. You and I have both highlighted how our family units utilize spankings, wooden spoons, and belts for behavioral problems. You and I have both highlighted that at five-year-old, you, six-year-old me, we were all over our neighborhoods in our respective towns unsupervised mm -hmm. without connecting with parents. I literally did a case study of me in middle school riding a bicycle 20 miles away from our house without a helmet and a cell phone on a road that had no sidewalk or shoulder next to cars going 45 miles an hour. None of this stuff would be allowed today. It's the wussification of parent, parenting. And the wussification okay. of parenting has resulted in this. This is what the wussification of parenting has resulted in. Stay in the house in the air condition with your tablet and scroll the internet aimlessly and I'm not going to watch what you're doing. And the byproduct of that is awkward kids 
protects neck when you're always looking down. Sickness running prolifically because we're not interacting with each other like we should. God knows what kind of violence. And this article Sarah Hill Buchensky shared, listen to this. This is effing ridiculous. Listen to this. I'm going to read straight from it. Where's the, art, the part on pornography? Hold on one second. Okay, here it is. This article from the Free Press talks about kids and their exposure to, especially boys, boys and their exposure on the internet to pornography. And it's running at levels that um, people can't keep up with. God, where's that section? Jump in here anytime if you have something on your mind here while I find that section. Because I want to read this verbatim because it's such a sensitive topic, if you could, Judah. Well, there's one section here that says uh, most will have seen pornography by age 12 with three and four teenage boys saying they watch adult content at least once a week. That's it. That's the second. Is that straight from the article? Yeah. Can you read that paragraph? At 13, Jet is part of a small but growing minority group of holdouts. By age 12, 7 out of 10 American kids own a smartphone. They also spend about 8 hours online a day, inhaling TikTok trends, toggling between texts, and turning their daily lives into Snapchat and Instagram content. Most will have seen pornography by age 12, with 3 in 4 teenage boys saying they watch adult content at least once a week. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Right? I'm scared of outside, Johnny. The world's too scary, Johnny. Johnny, you can't go outside. You're not going to ride your bike, Johnny. You get kidnapped and then run over by a car. Johnny, you're not going to play with your soccer ball in the front yard, Johnny. You're not going to ride your bike, Johnny. You might get hit by a car, Johnny. 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 Johnny, you might get kidnapped. You're not going to play outside, Johnny. Johnny, the neighbor's scary guy. Nope, Johnny. Johnny, take your tablet. Sit on the couch. I don't care what you watch. Just stay on the internet. Read or watch whatever you want. But don't go outside. Just don't go outside. It's the wussification of parenting. Prove me wrong. And you know what? I'm falling victim of it myself. We're leading the charge. We're leading the charge. Truly leading the charge. Making our living doing this. Paying my mortgage doing this. You're paying your mortgage doing this. Kids might be on a tablet right now watching YouTube. Eating some ramen. Maybe some chunks of strawberries and some grapes. And a juice box. Okay. Maybe it's blippy on the screen. You know what kids watch these days? You know what kids watch on YouTube these days? Kids watch other kids playing video games. It's freaking crazy. I don't even understand it. And I sound like an old man dinosaur. Today's children legitimately want to watch other children play video games and offer commentary of them playing video games. So, like, the kid will put on a headset, set up YouTube or Twitch, and live stream he or she playing video games to his or her YouTube channel. Yeah. And other kids watch them play Call of Duty. What the actual... Does anybody that's watching this program understand that behavior? 
today's children want to get on YouTube and watch other children play video games? Can anyone understand that? What the actual you-know-what? Can anyone understand that? I have a hard time understanding that. I, 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 you know what I call that? I call that... I call that sad. I call that sad. All right. So, anything you want to throw out there, and I'm going to get to some more comments. Katie Pearl, I'm going to get to your comments. KTP, I value your comments, KTP. I'm going to get to them. Um, anything you want to throw in there? Yeah, I think what worries me the most is uh, how this affects uh, morality and empathy. Um, Amen, brother. Unpack that, please. I mean, I don't know if I can fully unpack it, but, uh, you know... 12-year-olds having access to pornography is going to perhaps objectify how they see women. If you're 12 and you have access to a phone unsupervised and you're seeing porn stars, women, today's porn stars, women, they're caricatures of actual women. The 2023 porn star, and I'm not belittling or demeaning, or throwing shade on sex workers. I legitimately have no problem with the sex worker profession. The only problem I have with the sex worker profession is when minors are exploited or impacted. As long as the sex worker profession is between consenting adults, I don't give a rat's ass who's doing what to who. I could care less. Who's doing what to who, and in what position, and in what way, and in what hole, I could care less as long as it's consenting adults. But if it's a minor seeing a 2023 porn star, that minor who's got a brain that's still shaping will see this porn star and eventually think this image on screen is what a woman should look like for himself as a partner or in life. And that's effed up. That is effed up. Because that's actually happening. A 12-year-old, an 11-year-old, or a 13-year-old, multiple days watching video pornography? Judah? You and I aren't even therapists or psychologists or any kind of medical doctors. We know that's a serious problem. And all this shit hits more now because I'm a dad. And my kid is five. And I fall victim to him just staying on YouTube. One of the best things we ever did was delete adult YouTube, thank God, and only put him on kids' YouTube. I didn't realize that until maybe he was four. There were times when he was on big boy YouTube until we deleted Big Boy YouTube, and we'd set him up with Blippi. This guy makes like $50 million as a, as a, as a caricature of him, as a clown. Legitimately creating digital content online. He's got a YouTube channel, sells ads. You get the game. Create content, sell ads around it. Literally $50 million being this, this character, Blippi. I would set him up on Big Boy YouTube so I could get a break, watch Blippi, Next thing I know, he's three or four clicks down the YouTube, YouTube algorithm, and he's watching Avengers, the actual movie on YouTube. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then he'd have bad dreams. And then we'd be like, good God, delete big boy YouTube and only do kids YouTube. Did you know they have that, parents? We found out the hard way. We won't make that mistake with number two. Hmm. Did you know they had kids YouTube and not only a big boy YouTube? I mean, is kids' YouTube any better? Kids' YouTube, at least your kid's not watching a rated R movie while you're hard-boiling eggs or unloading the groceries from the car or walking the dog. At least with kids' YouTube, he stays within G-rated content parameters. 
Lee Elberson on LinkedIn, he says, Judah and Jerry, isn't part of the issue that parents struggle to curb phone social media addiction? So how can they expect their kids to do the same? Great question. Yeah. Pot calling the kettle black. That's what Elberson says right there. Right. And part of the reason I know... Jerry, you're a flabbergasted and, 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 and dispirited and demoralized that your son is using social media and YouTube, yet you spend 10 hours a day on it and make your living and pay your bills. Hypocrisy. Got a point? Right? Sure. Watch us do it. They think it's okay. You you were right? I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. I'm getting a little passionate here. This is like a therapy session for me. Legitimately. Are you billing me two ninety five an hour? I wish. Can my can my wife come and sit over there and you just referee? That'd be a hell of a talk show right there. My better half across from the table from me, you sitting in the middle. Oh, Tell man. me how you really feel. Jesus. It's scary. Um, John Blair says, in my humble opinion, the issue is not YouTube. It is the 24-7 aspect of YouTube. I had an active childhood, but I watched cartoons for an hour or so a day after school and on Saturday mornings. So did I. When we were growing up, that was the only time that content for kids was available. That's true. Mm -hmm. YouTube is fine if you limit it to an hour a day, but the problem is that it's available 24-7. It becomes a crutch for parents. I don't exempt myself from that statement. Love that, John Blair. Love that comment, John Blair. I'm gonna, I already responded to that comment. I'm going to respond again. John Blair, love this comment, dude. Just responding again. Just because it's easy for us, man. It's easy for us parents. Kevin Higgins in Greenwood says, when I was interviewing applicants from the younger generations in person, I always thought I'd get an idea of who the person really is by interviewing them in a chat room instead. Judah Carly Wagner loves what you're saying. She says, authentic human connections are fading. No. And uh, and a point that I was going to make is that uh, part of the reason I see, I see what... Uh, what uh, social media and iPhones and iPads do to kids is because I see it myself. I see how uh, how addictive it is. I see uh, how my tendencies uh, push to that. You know, when I'm when I'm bored, when I'm smoking a dart on your break, ripping yeah. a dart. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what you're always doing out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm less worried about it there. You know, I'm always a, like, he's a ripping a dart on his break. break well, I just I want to put it in perspective here. You work for a, a company. You work for three companies, right? Real estate portfolio, podcasting okay. network, and an advertising agency. Two of the three companies make their living by positioning content on screens. VMV Brands, literally behind me, and I Love Seville. These companies make their living by managing perception for clients on screens. On your breaks each day, you choose when you take a break from a company that is all about screens to go outside and rip a dart and use your phone and get on the screen. Yeah, I mean, I've got eight, nine minutes, so it's not like I'm going to go out. It's more than that. But go, okay. That's, that's my niche. But that's what you do, right? I want to put this in perspective, and it's not just you. I am working 60, 70, sometimes more hours a week. Well, you're a slave to that thing. There you go. And what am I doing? Even when I'm not doing exact work to it, I'm a what to this thing? A slave. There you go. See? So maybe they're just doing what we're doing. Jamie Turner is going to start using the word wussification. Katie Pearl says, I'm not sure I trust YouTube with kids content either, but I see your point and that your odds are better. Yeah, the kids content is a little sketch on the kids YouTube KTP, 
but at least, like you said, the odds. We're playing the odds here. At least he's not seeing rated R content at four like he occasionally was seeing. There's uh, limited rated R content on YouTube, though. There's no nudity. There's, I mean, I was seeing worse on there's uh, violence. Cinemax when I, was, uh, when I was a kid than uh, is probably showing on What's YouTube Avengers rated? And the Spider-Man? I would guess... Is it PG-13? Probably. All right. Then it was PG-13. Still, four-year-old and PG-13. The Avengers is PG-13. What were the Spider-Mans? Were they PG-13? PG or PG-13. Because he toggled from, like, kid Spider-Man to actual Spider-Man. So I know for a fact multiple times PG-13 interaction at four. I'd say that's a pretty large delta. Sure. Let's go to Deep Throat. Um, we send our kids outside in Montana then they come in and say we saw a bear run across the field (laughs) now my wife wants them to carry bear spray which is probably more dangerous than the bear but less dangerous than TikTok (laughs) fair enough I'm he also says, apparently, Virginia passed a law to make it less legally risky for parents to let kids play outside. It's called Reasonable Childhood Independence Law. Nice. That's great to hear. I love yeah. to hear that. So now we have to have laws in Virginia to protect parents from letting who, their kids play outside. Yeah, it's nuts. I it's mean, nuts. Got too many Karens out there, you know. So many Karens. Calling people in. What's the guy version of the Karen? Hmm. I know, I know there's the Karen. And don't you feel bad for anyone named Karen that their name, their first name has now been turned into the moniker of a sourpuss and a complainer and a moaner? I mean, a Karen is basically someone that is constantly bitching and moaning, right? Isn't that what a Karen is? Kind of. I think they're it's a more privileged, bitching and moaning, complaining person. I think it's more about uh, inserting their uh, ins- inserting their their own. Uh, how do I put this? Inserting their feelings, inserting their uh, wants and desires into everyone else's life. I think it's that imposition that uh, that really, really makes a Karen. Uh, it's like. Like there's this lady, I'll, I'll be walking, I'll be walking to my car after work and uh, we usually don't go through the park. I've usually got Liza off the leash cause she just follows me. She'll run ahead a little bit, but she'll wait for me. And at one point I stopped over by uh, some benches. Uh, I was probably half a block from, uh, from court square and this lady who I think she and her dog both need some serious, serious psychiatric help. She's like yelling at me, asking, is your dog on a leash? And I'm just like, what, who, why are you, what's your deal? I wasn't going near her. In fact, as soon as I could, I, uh, Continued heading towards my car with Liza. And it's like, really? Karens are, I think, more about... Uh, oh, and the, uh, apparently the male version of a Karen is... Uh, uh, Terry or Ken. <laughs> I don't think there's a uh, particular... Uh, Kevin Higgins said, don't say it's Kevin. Ginny <laughs> 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 Who is watching on Twitter. Kevin, that was funny. Uh, Jenny, uh, uh, Ke- Kevin Yancey says the Karen version for the male is Ken. <laughs> yeah, I saw Ken. Here's God. here's a, an article that guys. says the male version of Karen, aka Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. It's Kevin. The male all, version of Karen is, is Kevin. all too real. Uh, but uh, I think um, I don't think there's a particular answer answer here. Jenny, um, who says with the kids playing outside, Judah and Jerry. Part of the reason is when a random kidnapping does happen, the media ramps that stuff up and it's in your face all the time. She also says, I know a number of homeschoolers, our family included, who have had neighbors report our kids and us for being outside playing during school hours. 
Dude, that definitely happens. There's a Karen for you. That definitely happens. Um, And she says that Gab, that dumb phone that we were talking about from Gab Wireless, is an excellent, excellent product. Excellent product. Ginny Hu, I love when you watch the show, especially on Twitter. We appreciate your support, Ginny Hu, and Deep Throat, and Dylan's Rule, Keith Smith watching on Twitter. He's literally watching on an airplane, literally the show as he's flying out of the country. Bill McChesney, hello. Welcome to the broadcast. We're just talking about parents and phones and the impact it's having on our youth, man. We're wondering why violence is more prevalent than ever, or at least it seems, with our youth. We wonder why our youth lack empathy. We wonder why today's youth feel it's legitimately, legitimately okay to take a video of a junior varsity football player from a local locker room and to share it with everyone and anyone. Not only share it, but video it instead of breaking up an alleged assault. Folks chose instead to video instead of stopping. Is that today's culture? That's some of it. I mean, nothing is absolute though. And how do we figure out a way to do this for the good? And is doing it for the good, doing it for the good mean limit altogether? Is that how you do social media and cell phones for the good with kids? Just ban them all together and say don't use them? You can't use them? No. I mean, that's the essence of this article is to delay the introduction of handheld technology to children as long as possible. I I got another quote. Go ahead. I think delaying is one thing. Banning outright, I don't know. I I think, uh, you know, we we talk about morality and empathy, and while I think uh, there are some negative effects, we also see things like whether or not you agree with, uh, with what's her name, Um, the, what's the, um, the environmentalist girl, Uh, she was like nine or something when she first, came to prominence because she was uh you know who I'm talking about go ahead i i think uh i think social media has connected us in ways that we that we weren't before it's made us aware of things it's made us aware of problems in places that outside of our our limited uh social reach um and so i don't you know it's not I don't think it's 100% negative. I think there are positives to it. But uh, but like all things, um, like, like anything, like food, uh, you've, got to, uh, you've got to be aware of, of your limits and, um, and all things in moderation. Greta Thornburg. Yeah, that's who I'm talking. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, uh, Kevin Yancey, Carly Wagner, Bill McChesney, Kevin Higgins, Spencer, Grayson, Jennifer, Thomas, and Kelsey all chime in with Greta Thronberg at the I same time. Thunberg. Th- Thornberg. Thun. Thun. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we got to close. I want to close with this. This is how I want to close. This is another thing that I'm torn with. We know this is the future, right? I mean, it's, not gonna, it's never going to go away. I'm holding a phone, an iPhone. We know this iPhone's the future, right? It's never going to go away. It's the future. We're making a, a living basically on this screen. He's paying his mortgage. I'm paying my mortgage. Uh, school for my kid, bills, through basically by a business on this screen here. So here's another question that I'm torn with. If we know that the screen is not going to go away, are we holding our kid back by limiting their screen time when they're children? Is tomorrow's prodigy, is tomorrow's genius... Is tomorrow's science, technology, engineering, math aficionado, the youngster 
who overdosed on screen time. If I tell my kid not to use a screen when we know the world is heading to a generation or multiple generations of screen time eras, am I holding my kid back? I don't think so. Legitimate question. If Steve Jobs, if his parents kept him away from computers, what would the world look like? If Bill Gates, his parents kept him away from a garage and computers, what would the world look like? If Michael Dell's parents said, you're corrupting your morality and eroding your empathy, stay the F away from computers, what would the world look like? Are the parents that keep screens away from their children, are their children going to be considerably behind the ones that spend ample time on screens? That legitimately keeps me up at night. And I know that's a completely different premise than 90% of this program. Here's another thing that keeps me up at night, and we'll close on this note as well. Is social media today what Beavis and Butthead and The Simpsons was for me? Is Snapchat and TikTok today what AIM and chat was for me? Is Instagram and stories and reels today what Mad Libs or Penthouse and Playboy was for us when we were kids? Is today's video pornography for 13 and 14-year-old boys the once or twice a week any different than me or you looking at a centerfold in Playboy that's stuffed under our mattress one or two days a week. What's the effing difference? That's the I Love Seville show on a Tuesday. Judah Wickhauer and Jerry Miller.